Jimbo Fisher had some lighthearted fun at TCU's expense last night. So we're going to do, we're going to return the favor today on Lockdown Horn Frogs. Can Jimbo really criticize the Frogs? We'll talk about it next. You are Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It is Locked On Horn Frogs, your team every day. So uh, last night I'm sitting on Twitter, right? And I'm just kind of perusing like I typically do. I get a lot of sports news, as I'm sure a lot of you listeners and viewers do as well um, on my feed. And I come across this tweet from uh, Carter. I believe it's Carol's. Uh, he writes for Gigum 247 He's a beat writer for Texas A&M. And he says, Jimbo Fisher with a spicy comment about TCU here at the Fort Worth Aggies Club. They stayed healthy. They had a lot of experience. And they got to where they had to get to. And when they got to the SEC, it changed, didn't it? Um, Carter went on to follow up and say, hey, this was just a lighthearted comment in front of a Fort Worth crowd. No need to go DEFCON 1, which, okay, yeah, I get he's just having fun. But also, like, Carter, you know what's going to happen when you tweeted that. Uh, but thank you for giving us this, this gift of content today on a Thursday. And TCU is going to have to wear what happened to the national championship for a long time. The jokes are going to be there. Uh, but Jimbo last night is at the Fort Worth Aggies Club, which I assume is one of those many dinners that coaches do in the offseason uh, where you're like, hey, I know we had the number one recruiting class in the country last year and you guys spent millions of dollars to get them there. And we went five and seven and lost at home to Appalachian State. But don't worry, we're going to make the Music City Bowl this year. Let's get fired up, guys. Let's get it going. The SEC revenues, right? Um, I will take all the heat from Georgia fans. The game was what it was. I saw it live and high-definition television, right? Uh, TCU got embarrassed. I don't think the – I think they were closer to Georgia than the final score was, but the bottom line is the final score was 65-7, to and we all know what happened, and that is what it is. But to reduce TCU season, where they went 12-1, and they went 12-0 and in the regular season, they beat a good Michigan team in the college football playoff in a neutral field in a game that basically nobody gave them a chance to win. Um, and to just completely reduce that with this dumb joke is so silly. And especially coming from someone who has only twice finished with a winning record in the SEC. This is a man that was supposed to come here and be the savior of Texas A&M. He was supposed to redefine the program, to pick up the pieces that were left behind by Kevin Sumlin, to get them out of the constant hamster wheel of mediocrity. And aside from a 9-1 and season and an Orange Bowl win and the 2020 COVID year, he has not done that. He has kept the same mediocre standard of Aggie football since taking the job. So Jimbo beat App State, win against somebody against the Sun Belt, or please take a seat. You don't get to be the one to make these jokes. Georgia fans, I'll take it. Alabama fans, uh, you don't really have an argument either for last year, but I get overall as a program, yes, you can you can take cracks at schools like TCU. You can take cracks at schools outside the SEC and boast about how good the SEC is on. But Aggies, have some self-respect. Stop hanging on to everyone else. Stop just like acting like your presence in the SEC gives you the right to say these things. You're not the ones bringing the titles home. Win an SEC West title, and then we can talk about it. And yes, before you start going, I know how difficult that is. I understand beating Alabama is really tough. Beating LSU, which I actually did last year, is really tough. But Jimbo, what is your best moment as an Aggies coach? Is it winning that Orange Bowl? 
was it, you know, beating Alabama and Kyle Field a couple years back um, with a backup QB? The Aggies had a backup QB. This year, taking Alabama to the wire in Tuscaloosa with their backup quarterback, with Bryce Young hurt. You, you got to do more to, to have the right to make these jokes, buddy. And I know you're just having fun, but come on. If you're going to if you're gonna make these, you know, cracks at our expense, we're going to have to return the favor. You cannot do this when you couldn't uh, find a way to get bowl eligible. And when you have three give-me games basically every single year and you still couldn't find a path to six wins, you had to – upset LSU miraculously and the season finale last year to get to five. Chimbo, come on, buddy. Aggie fans, let's stop this. You got you have to come up with something to brag about other than just SEC revenue and the fact that you're in the big, bad SEC conference. Does the TV money go in your pocket or does it just go to the school? Jimbo, focus on getting these recruits to stick around once they make it to campus and not having a max mass exodus of the number one recruiting class in the country after a five and seven season before you come at TCU. Uh, I saw this today. I'm, I'm not typically like, I don't file, I don't, excuse me. I don't follow Kyle Umlang. The, uh, he's like a Texas Twitter guy, but he put this out there. TCU has more 10 win seasons since the year 2013 than Texas A&M has had in their entire college football history. 12. The Aggies have won one big 12 championship in their history before departing to the SEC. TCU has won one Big 12 championship in the Big 12 history, and they made an appearance last year in the Big 12 championship game. You guys are not who you say you are, okay? We both claimed some some national championships long ago. I think the Aggies claimed their last national title in 1939. Um, TCU had some titles they claimed in the 30s. I get it. Overall, historically, A&M, very good program. But even – in the heyday of, you know, the R.C. Slocum era. Still weren't bringing home hardware year in and year out. And Jimbo, you haven't done it. You came in with all this hype. You were supposed to be the savior. They etched your name on a fake national championship trophy. Focus on doing that before going at TCU. TCU's going to have to live with this. Like, the, the national title game was what it was. And honestly, um, it's one of those things that's going to live in infamy. It's going to stick with them for a long time, okay? And, and I'll take all the heat from Georgia fans. There's still a video up uh, of me doing a, a show after the national championship game. There's still Georgia fans that comment from time to time and bark at me and do whatever it is that they like to do. Uh, but I'm not I'm not going to take the heat from Texas A&M. No, you, you don't get to claim this. I, I, you know, if I came home with a D on my report card and my mom was upset, I can't be like, well, listen, you don't understand how tough this class is. And I feel like that's what Texas A&M has done since they've joined the SEC. It's just, yeah, I know we keep failing at this, but you guys don't get how tough it is. And it's really easy to say, oh, well, we would win the Big 12 going away now. It's easy to say that when you don't play the schedule. I understand you think you would. And I know many of you are going to comment. And I welcome your comments. Come on, Aggie fans. Come in. The water's fine. Comment here on YouTube. Subscribe to my YouTube channel if you'd like. Hit me up on Twitter. I'm at SimcockSteven. That's my handle. The show is at Locked on TCU. But Jimbo, you, you don't get to do this, brother. So thank you for the thank you for the content today. I went after Coach Prime earlier this week. Today I got to talk about Jimbo Fisher. Um, should be a, a fun reaction, I'm sure, and a very level-headed one. And I want to hear from our TCU fans, too. What did you think about Jimbo Fisher's comments last night going after TCU um, for something he could not do, which is make a national title game. I know he did it at Florida State, but he has not done it at Texas A&M before people start fact-checking me. Uh, when we come back, I did an episode yesterday about Chandler Morris. 
And uh, some of you responded to that. So we'll discuss that next. I do want to talk about Built Bar, though, for a minute. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar around. I don't really know how they do this. If you're looking for a delicious snack that is also healthy, you should give Built Bar a try. I've said before, I like to grab them for breakfast, sometimes like a mid-morning snack, get me to lunchtime, right? Um, and one of the great things about Built Bar, they're made with real dark chocolate, 100%. So it's not, you know, fake stuff. It's like, okay, this is healthy, but it still tastes weird and I don't really like it. Built Bar is where it's at. Typically only 130 to 180 calories, very low sugar, very low carbohydrate intake. Um, it's it's good and it's good for you. And you can go to BuiltBar.com still if you'd like to and order it. They have great flavors like churro, uh, peanut butter brownie, cookies and cream. Or now it's in retailers as well, which is exciting stuff. So if you're you know around Texas and you want to pop in the local Sam's Club and grab some Built Bar, you can do that. Or now they are at Walmart as well. Walk over to the pharmacy section at Walmart. Grab some Built Bars today. Built Bar, the best pro tasting protein bar around. It tastes good and it's good for you. BuiltBar.com or at Sam's Club or Walmart. Give it a try today. They're a proud sponsor of the Lockdown Network. Segment two here on Lockdown Horn Frogs. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel um, or subscribe wherever it is you get your podcast in its audio form. We are recently been added to the Sirius XM app. So if you want to check out the podcast there, you can. I'm talking to TCU football now. I did an episode on Wednesday about Chandler Morris, and I was like, hey, is Chandler Morris getting too much hype as TCU's QB? I mean, are we are we expecting too much from Chandler in year one? And a few of you chimed in. Uh, Tommy Fisher says Morris has a lot of hype, but he's also talented. I think if he can mentally handle the pressure – and stay healthy, I will be great. Yeah, I mean, the health is the question. Um, you know, he had that injury at the beginning of last season, even though, as I said yesterday, I think that was a fluky thing. But he is a smaller guy in his frame. You know, we'll see how much Kazkazadi has kind of beefed him up in the last couple of years in the offseason conditioning program. Uh, but he's going to have to stand up and take those hits. That's something that Max did really well. Of course, he was built differently with, than Chandler. Um, it'll be intriguing to see sort of how they use him because I don't feel like they're going to use him uh, from a mobility standpoint nearly as much. Uh, Justin McGuffey said, quarterbacks need talent, hard hard work, and confidence from hype. It takes a lot of guts to believe you're best for the job and a step on the field uh, before 40,000 people improve it. Yeah, you're right. They do need confidence. I think Chandler showed that. You know, I remember that Baylor game um, that he played so well. He was kind of bouncing around, getting the guys hyped up. I, I don't think he'll lack confidence at all. I feel like he knows this is his season to step up and be the dude. Um, and so I'm not going after him for having confidence. I just think, you know, obviously the fans have questions about his ability. Uh, Joe the Great said limiting Chandler to one game is crazy. He's so much more than that one Baylor game. Yeah, well, at the college level, Joe, I mean, I just – he hasn't played a whole lot. That was my point. I know he was a four-star at a Highland Park, highly recruited guy. He ended up signing with Oklahoma and then transferring here. I just mean to say that we haven't seen a lot from him from a success standpoint – at the Power Five level in college football, other than that uh, incredible game he had against Baylor a few seasons ago. Um, Jesus said before he got injured last year, he did not look ready. Hopefully he is ready this year. He struggled in the first half against Colorado. I mean, it was the first game for a new coaching staff. I, I don't – I don't. I wouldn't, you know, buy too much into that. I think this is a completely different slate. New season, he had another year where he got to sort of sit – listen, learn, um, get his bearings uh, under him. And really the whole team, except for the defense, struggled in that first half last season against Colorado. But then um, they turned it on. 
And then uh, a YouTube commenter who goes by the username Rooms for Ghost, which that's kind of funny, says Morris still has a ton to prove. I think people are making too much of last year winning the job out of camp. Uh, Dykes knew he was in a year one and barring a camp disaster. I think he's planning to go with Morris the whole time. He's a microwave, but he's not like Deere King, who Kendall Browse had at the University of Houston. TCU cannot afford to run him, nor is his arm strong enough to run a vertical offense. And he says his fear is that they end up doing a lot of quick game stuff. Um, I feel like that's we've seen too limited of a sample size to say he can't run a vertical offense, but I get what you're saying. He doesn't have the arm strength that Max does. I would also say to that, I feel like part of the reason we didn't see a lot of vertical passing in the spring game was that uh, they just they're struggling right now at outside receiver a little bit. Um, and so that's a question mark that I have going into the season. I feel like between the tight end, Jared Wiley, um, and then these inside guys that they have like Joe Earl and John Paul Richardson, who are more proven, we're going to see a lot more throwing in the middle of the field. And yeah, maybe that does include some quick game stuff. I don't feel like they'll be limited to that. And no, he's not Derek King. He's not Max Duggan from a mobility standpoint. He's capable in running the ball and he's shown some elusiveness in the limited time that we've seen him play. But he's not somebody that's going to get 15 to 20 carries a game. Uh, it's really going to be up to the running backs, which is also a question mark this year. But guys like Trey Sanders, who transferred in, um, Amani Bailey, they're going to have to carry the load from a rushing perspective because that's not something that you can ask Chandler to do uh, on a regular basis. And then Tanner McKinney said, I do have faith in Morris. I've been waiting to see him play, but Josh Hoover looked the part as well during the spring game, and Chance Nolan has experience. Yeah, Chance Nolan does have experience. I think Chance is going to be a really good – you know, backup QB for them, a guy that can come in and lead the offense if he has to. Um, Josh Hoover, I was impressed with him out of spring camp. I feel like we might be underestimating him to a certain extent. Um, he did run a similar offense at his time in Rockwall Heath under Mike Spradlin in high school. I don't think he's ready um, to be QB1, and I, I feel like, you know, there's no bigger example of that than the fact that they brought in another quarterback um, in the second portal window to make sure that he's not even really second on the depth chart. But he did look good in the spring game. I was impressed with him. I think he's made some big strides in the offseason. I feel like he is a good developmental project. And I think the majority of people thought he was sort of a an extra add-on when the staff made the move over. Okay, hey, cool, we like you. You want to change your commitment from Indiana um, to TCU? Let's do that. However, the, the, the problem for Josh can be – you know, you're always going to have QB cycling in. So Haas Haney comes in next year, who I think will be a four-star talent by the time he makes it to campus. Right now he's ready as a three-star, the Alito quarterback. Uh, they might add another QB in the portal this offseason. Uh, and, and so it's, it's tough to keep climbing up the depth chart. But I do agree with you, Tanner. I think that um, Hoover looked good, and there's potential there that they can tap into for sure. And I, I believe Sonny Dyson and staff are definitely trying to do that. We're going to switch gears a minute. We're going to take a break and then talk about some news about a former frog. That is sad, but we are we are lifting up uh, Bram Kohlhausen in prayers, and we'll discuss that next in Lockdown Horn Frogs. Okay, no easy way to transition from what's been kind of a fun show, talking about football, um, to a, a more real-life subject. But Brian Capers has been reminding me lately, and I saw this story. My apologies that I haven't gotten to it yet. Um, I did want to point this out, though. So Bram Kohlhausen, which is a name that I know many of you uh, are familiar with, former quarterback at TCU, uh, backup quarterback for most of his career, but famously led that incredible comeback against Oregon in the Alamo Bowl. TCU was down 31-0. They come back. They win that game in triple overtime. 
Bram engineered that comeback, showed incredible grit, toughness, heart in that football game, and led the team to victory after Trayvon Boykin had, was suspended um, after getting arrested in San Antonio in, in the days leading up to that game. And, and so Bram, it, the news came out a few days ago that he was in ICU at San Antonio, and the family, understandably, um, you know, put out limited details, which is totally their right. There were more details that were revealed yesterday in an article in the Fort Worth Star-Telegram by Mac Engel. Apparently, Bram was um, on a hunting trip. He was in a, hel a helicopter hunting, and he fell out of the helicopter um, and, and ended up falling from, I, I think they said, they estimate like 70 to 80 feet potentially. He is now in the ICU with a, a lot of different injuries. Um, and they are taking care of him at a hospital in San Antonio. And so I just want to encourage people to pray for Bram Kohlhausen and pray for his family. Uh, obviously, a very sad situation. We hope, you know, we're, we're praying in the name of Jesus that he'll have complete healing. Um, I'm a person of faith. I don't know if you are, but that's just, that's just been my prayer um, as I've been trying to lift him up and lift his family up, praying for comfort, praying for peace. Uh, but Bram is... An incredible person. I don't know if, if you guys that are listening know him personally. He wrote a book as well, um, just about kind of his life and how he bounced back for, from some issues he was having. You know, he transferred a, a, to a couple different schools during his, his college tenure, ends up at TCU, leads that incredible comeback. And that Alamo Bowl, man, it, at the end of the day, it was just an Alamo Bowl win, but it was such a special game. It was such a great moment in the Gary Patterson era. He changed his shirts at halftime. The team comes back and wins. It, it was so cool. I know a lot of you were there. You might have stories you want to share with us here on the YouTube channel. Um, if you were there in the stands, I remember that comeback so vividly. And it was also kind of the end of that 2014 and 2015 seasons were so special. 2014, they only lose one game. You know, they roll through the regular season, win a share of the Big 12 title, win the Peach Bowl against Ole Miss, just absolutely obliterate Ole Miss in that bowl game. And then 2015, it was kind of up and down with all the injuries, but honestly, Bram actually played really well in that game against Oklahoma and Norman, too. They went for two to try to win that game. If they convert that two-point conversion and hold on to winning against Oklahoma, the way that everything fell, they actually would have won the Big 12 that season. But they end up with two losses, end up in the Alamo Bowl, um, and then have that great comeback against Oregon that I'll remember forever, you know, biggest comeback in bowl game history. And so Bram – as fans, you know, he gave us that that special memory. Um, and this is so much bigger than football. But as someone who's part of the TCU community, we're just lifting him up, lifting him up in prayer and keeping him, keeping him in our thoughts right now. And we're hoping for a full recovery. So I'll pass along updates, you know, as they as they come down the line. But yeah, Bram Kohlhausen injured um, and is now in a hospital in San Antonio after uh, falling from a helicopter apparently during a hunting accident. Just a, a terrible accident, very unfortunate, and uh, Bram, we're pulling for you, man. And if anybody can make a comeback, it's it's you. So we're, we, we're hoping you can bounce back, and we're praying for your family for comfort and peace during a difficult time. Um, that's it for today for Locked on Horn Frogs. We'll be back tomorrow. It's